Welcome to the Boca Broadcast, a privateer press hobby podcast centered around the NJSOB meta. Take a listen as we talk about gaming, fluff, rules, and anything else that catches our attention. Special thanks to our host, Muson Mini Podcast Network. Check out Muson Store for superior gaming accessories. All right, welcome everybody to our very first Boker broadcast. We decided to do this podcast because we were interested in being a positive influence in the world of War Machine and Hordes. We want to share what was happening around the Northeast here for the NJSOBs, etc. My name is Seth Cohen. I am one of your hosts. You may know me from Captain Con, where I'm just a floor judge, but I'm there. I get a lot of visibility, right? You may also know me from the Boker Brawl. I'm one of the organizers of the Boker Brawl. Uh, you may have played in events that I've organized all around the place. And like most people who spend their time organizing, I am terrible at this game. And with me, Stephen Rabideau. I'm also one of the organizers of the Boker Brawl. I've been playing this game for about 10 years now. Currently, I'm playing Circle, but I've played Scorn, I've played Red, lots of factions. Menoth, Signar, Legion for a little while. So, yeah. And I am RDC. Been playing since the Wrath book, I guess, came out, so I want to say 2010. First faction was Kador. Moved on to Scorn. Mercenaries, a little bit of Retribution. Uh, and I recently acquired Crips. Ooh, all right. And yeah. uh, I'm just a guy. You're just a guy. So... You're currently playing Cricks. Question for both of both of you. What are your player goals for the near future? So my idea is that like a year from now, when we say, hey, we've been doing this for a year. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we're going to try. Uh, you know, how, how good do we do in achieving our goals? Steve, why don't you start? So I'm going to go with, as a, as a goal from today to next year, uh, to have fun, because I think I can achieve yeah, no competitive yeah. goals, because uh, I don't think I can achieve those. Yeah. But I'm going <laughs> to have some fun. Uh, right now, I'm playing Circle, so I'm really loving that. I'm probably going to get back into Rhett at some point. Yeah, I think I'm going to maybe try and win a couple of those, but, but... Yeah, it's not like you don't do that all the time. Man. No, I've actually... I think I've only ever won one local. No, that's totally not true. No, it's true. It's true. Okay. <laughs> you being bashful? No, I think that's that's actually true. I, I can come you, in like the top three or whatever. Didn't you win Captain? No, 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 no. no. Who won? Uh, wasn't him. Okay. Mm, yes. Yeah. All right, Arthur. Goals for the next year. My goal so far has been to qualify again for Warfare Weekend. Technically, on paper, I've already done that, but those standings change, so uh, we do have one more qualifier that I should be able to attend coming up in the near future to try to get more points or better points than I already have. Yeah, well, you're, you're like at the bottom third of the list, right? So yeah. if someone scores a whole lot of points, they can... I could get knocked out. You can get knocked out. All right. Uh, all right, so we're going to try to structure our time as best we can. So we've got some basic announcements. Every time you tune in, you're going to hear us talk about the Boker Brawl, right? Because it is coming up in October. We do want people to register. You go to www.thebokerbrawl.com. Registration, uh, click right there on the front page and get yourself registered. We have the Big Base Brawl, which at top half of the field, 16 people are going to walk away with a huge base model, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the Warfare Weekend Qualifier on Friday. Uh, we've got Warcaster going on. We've got Mompok going on. And then Saturday is the five-person team event. Our marquee event goes from Saturday to Sunday with more Mompok and Warcaster, etc. going on there as well. Um, and then the NJSOB travel team is headed to the Siege Invitational, right, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, of which we bought four tickets, even though there's only three of us, because I forgot I bought my own ticket originally. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I like to say let's just bring someone else along, but I don't think we can fit anybody else in the car. I tell you what, if, well, someone, three... if someone else wants to meet us there, there you go. I have a ticket. All right, you know, nice. What else am I going to do with? It? Fair enough. Uh, okay, and uh, so it's going to be you. It's going to be me, and it's going to be Steve Lopez. 
Steve Lopez, longtime NJSOB, and oddly enough, gentlemen, the day today that we are actually recording is Steve Lopez's birthday. So happy birthday to Steve oh, Lopez. Happy birthday, Steve. Happy yeah. birthday. I wonder if he made himself anything out of <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's his business. Yeah, he is a leather worker. If you came to the Boker Brawl last year, you got a really cool looking mauve pinkish kind of uh, little dice holder with a little uh, button there in the middle. He made that for everybody. So that was fairly awesome. Uh, okay, so yesterday was the big base brawl at Portal. Uh, Dave, who organizes a portal, does a great job organizing things. He liked the idea of the big base for all so much that he uh, he took it. And we love that because a rising tide raises all ships. So everybody could win a huge base model who played yesterday. I played. And our guest friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. We have yet to introduce our yep. special guest. Well, now it's time for him to be introduced. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Steve King. I've been playing War Machine since Mark 1, and I've probably played every faction at one point or another. <laughs> You've been playing since Mark 1? Yes. I did not know that. So, literally every faction? Uh, new exception of Crucible Guard. Ah, uh, okay. too hard to get the models right now? Yeah, I just haven't borrowed them. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve doesn't like playing the obviously powerful stuff. Ah, no, I'm a fan of all things jank. All right. So tell us about the jank that you saw yesterday. Uh, well, so I was playing Signar yesterday. I was playing a, a little off-brand pair of Haley 1 in Gravediggers and Striker 3 in Flame in the Darkness. Mm. Uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting pairing. I uh, played uh, three games yesterday. I played against uh, Rhett in round one. I played against Thyron, uh, which is very... That's uh, also an interesting one. Yes, it was a very, very uh, brutal game. It was uh, came down to just a few models at the end, but I was able to squeak that one out. Nice. Uh, and round two, I played against uh, Julian uh, with his mercenaries. He played Osram. I tried to play Haley uh, in an effort to disable all his warjacks and previously wound them all in the same round. Uh, unfortunately, when you don't follow through and do any damage to said warjacks, he was able to engineer a, uh, a very interesting assassination uh, where he's able to create a crane with Nemo 4, bring up his broken jack, which shakes knockdown for free, uh-huh. uh, feet and uh, energizer to get him over to Haley, missed his attack. And then had to proceed to shoot his own Jack with Dez and Gubbin, with a Firefly, and like with a um, a bu- gun bunny to finally kill Haley. So he got Haley with the AOEs on the on the on the Jack. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. it was all splash damage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arthur, how similar is your mercenary list to Julian's right now? Because you guys play a very um, similar list, don't you? Yeah, mine's better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I play four Bashers, four Drillers, and as of right now, three Gun Bunnies or three Gunners. To be specific, um, it's gone through a few changes. I originally started off with a rock ram, then I went to two rock rams, then I went to one avalanche in there. At one point, I was up to five bashers and four drillers. I think I played against that one. Yeah, I actually for a brief minute, <clears throat> I think I could have done six bashers. I can now. If I take out the three gun buddies, I can put two more bashers in. I love bashers. Um, what do you love about them? They're the ones that well, do the flak field, right? <laughs> Flagfield is amazing. Um, What's so it? everything that it it is in base to base contact with will automatically be hit with a power twelve, and that alone is very good for a mat six warjack that sometimes needs to hit defense 15, 16 things that you just say I don't care. You're just going to take a power twelve, and that power twelve sometimes looks oh, like the steam vent on the Kodiak. Similar. Similar, okay. Similar. you got to be base-to-base. It's, um, okay. it's identical to, to the Minuteman. <laughs> the Minuteman and Signar and the gun and the Basher have the exact same flag field rule. So, and then anything within two inches 
of the model takes a basically past six. Gotcha. Um, which sometimes, again, if you're dealing with like little skirmishing units, um, and, and then it slams for free. So the fact that you could, uh, you know, with Osram, focus is usually tight. So the fact that you can say, hey, I'm going to slam, and I can even boost the slam for, you know, to hit, uh, and hopefully you can slam into another, make that model slam into another base of equal size, and then it gets boosted damage roll, and then you could grand slam so you could follow up, and then you could potentially flag field. You have a lot of freedom with flag field. I could do it as soon as I end my movement. I could do it as more or less before I attack. I could do it after I follow up. Can't do it after I repo. If I can, you know, if I can do it after I repositions, that that'd be yeah, more interesting. Yeah. But that I can't do. Lots of ways we can cheat and make the game more interesting. Lots of <laughs> ways we can cheat and make it more interesting. Uh, but it, you know, it it has a lot of utility, and um, it's not the hardest hitting. Obviously, it's a single power fifteen. But when you have multiples of them, I mean, yeah, it gets work done. They yeah, look I intimidating. Mean, yeah, the, oh yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, when yeah. you put eight heavies down, plus three lights at this point, plus solos, plus yeah. the two artillery core. You know, mm-hmm. and that's basically the whole list, by the way. Um, you, that artillery course seems to get a lot of work done on your, in your list. I've lost to it so many times. It, it does. I mean, five for effect is great. Yeah. Um, there are times in the past I've had a cycle fire for effect. Uh, very expensive to do, but... If it does sometimes, enough work for you to turn, right? Sometimes, yeah, it, yeah, it, it just happens. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing in the world is when my opponent, of course, has a huge base on the other side of the table, because then the, um, the gunner... Just gives them siege weapon, and what I typically do is fire for effect on one siege weapon on the other, so they're both rolling four dice damage. Nice, nice. So it should be noted that Julian ended up winning the event for the day. He did, yes, yeah. He's he's, he's, uh, he's also practicing for WTC, so he was taking no prisoners yesterday. He was a great help to my strategy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but now he he was running. He's running in the regulars still, I believe, right? So he still has like, Nemo, so. Nemo yes, four. He's got Nemo four. Yeah, yeah. So it's a. Different list, does different things. Right. So shoots harder, certainly. Yes. Shoots more. Yeah. Shoots harder, but like when we get paired together, he usually doesn't want to drop that list. Right. Uh, it's me because when I feed, I feed on my whole army. When he feeds, he feeds on half. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. All right. So uh, let's get back yeah. to your experience there. Uh, sure. So a- uh, after my loss to Julian, I was paired into uh, Horde of Local Dave, uh, who's playing Menoth. Um, now, because we had an odd number and the way the, the pairings worked out, uh, Dave was undefeated at this point. I had one loss myself, so I was the pair up. Um, now, so there was only three undefeated players at this point, so if I won this game, the tournament would end a round early. So I had some fans rooting for me. Yeah. Um, now, but you did. Yeah. Uh, Dave was playing a particularly interesting list um, that I had spoken to him about at the last tournament that he was interested in building, and he finally had built and put on the table. This time he was playing High Reclaimer. The gist of the list is that he's taking Sam McHorn and the Devil Dogs with an Attendant Priest as his Merce choice, and then he is taking a Vessel of Judgment. And the whole trick is that as soon as you kill a Devil Dog, he will use the Doors of Judgment on him. On the uh, on that said devil dog, the devil dog will then advance and get free strikes and throw uh, their a- net, which is a three inch AOE, which does not need to directly hit to knock you down. Turns out uh, <laughs> to to knock down a model that has not activated yet on your turn. Oh, so uh, it's so what? So you're knocked down on your own turn, mm-hmm, yes. and you're not getting back up because that's the rule. Right. And you can still activate, but you're really limited as to what you can yeah, do. More or less, do nothing. You're doing nothing. Yes. Right. So if it's if it's anything but. 
like a warcaster or a warlock, there's essentially nothing you can do. Right. You can give an order though, right? You can still give orders. Uh, I don't believe so. It doesn't say under I, I orders. It doesn't say under knockdown that you can't give orders. That's something worth checking in the rulebook for but sure. But it would uh, limit your coherency range. To go yes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So even even if you could charge, you'd have to make sure you don't charge on a command, which you it, almost right. certainly do you would. Even, do you even stand up? No, 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 you can't stand up on your own turn. Yeah. Cannot stand up. On, so <clears throat> specifically, you can't stand up on the turn you were knocked down. Right. So since so you you're activate, still in that you turn. activate and just do nothing. Basically. Obviously so imagine that's your caster. <laughs> yes, and that's how he won his previous two games. Is he had knocked down a caster with this trick and just time walked their army for a turn. Wow. And because it's it's the AOE, you don't need to directly hit. Correct. That, yes. That's, yeah. That, that's big. That's big. Yeah, he, he's a neat guy. He's been playing for like a year and he has done that typical you don't win your first 50 games thing but he's still just as enthusiastic and, and, and just as is invested in the game right it's it's nice to see right it's uh yeah well you know and to be fair like menoff is still like menoff doesn't have any tricks it doesn't have any frills per se i mean it has some everything is defensively usually oriented but the stats are still pretty solid and i don't know of any unit menoff that doesn't hit like a truck yeah Right. right, so they always will do work when they get there. You can only keep so many at bay, and um, there's more big guns in the in the meta right now, so you don't see like units of long gunners that would kill off their troops. So right. well, they, he's also playing high reclaimer as well. Oh. So if you kill yeah. them all, he just brings them right back and tries wow. it again. <laughs> and, and then he could put out a pretty good cloud wall, and yep, like, yeah, which is not maybe super meta relevant these days. So people are not preparing for it. Think, right. Where was right. I? Oh, I, when I went up to the uh, northeast rumble. East Coast Rumble? Northeast Rumble. Northeast Rumble? Yeah, I played against Iron Claim, and I, like, I killed four Cinerators, and didn't really bother trying to kill the fifth, thinking it was that. No big deal, I got him down to one man unit, like, who cares? And then it was Harry Claimer. He's like, hi, I'm on a feet and bring them all back. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he does medium do bases too. Do they come back at full? Yeah. yeah I, oh. I didn't know that either. Right. Oh, so man. I was like, oh. I'm like, I have to kill all of these guys again? Like, this sucks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you won that game? It, it was a very cool trick. Uh, yes. I had um, Legion of Lost Souls, which has a... Uh, I was playing Striker 3 into this. Okay. So I had, uh, they have an RFP feature which prevents him from using the Doors of Judgment on them. So removed from play. Yes. Right. Uh, so that was able. To, I was able to whittle down the unit a little bit. Uh, I kept Striker safely cowering behind a forest, so mm-hmm. he would not suffer the dreaded knockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And eventually I was able to sneak him out through the forest uh, and use Arcane Bolt on the Attendant Priest to finish him, which removed their ability to be faction to Menoth and stopped the whole trick entirely. Nice. And just grounded out on Scenario from there. All right. Yeah. And we all got to go home around early. We got to go home around early. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, Steve King, hero of the people. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Send well, the people home early. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I uh, what did you pick? Did you did you uh, win a? You won a huge. Uh, yes, base, I right? came in third place. Uh, so I was able to pick a huge base, uh, and I picked the uh, Infernal Colossal, the one with the nice, the, nice, the Harvester Souls, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, the one yeah. I wanted. That's actually a decent grab for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on some Infernals right now, so it made my job a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, uh, you know didn't get that colossal piece, you know, <laughs> he, he won it first. I was there, I played. Right, but uh, you, I, you placed as well, right, Seth? Yeah, yeah, well, so I, I had uh, Azazello and I had Maylock. That was okay. my pairing. Mm-hmm. And I'm having so much fun playing Azazello right mm-hmm. now. And I'm finding that Azazello wins in two conditions. He's either assassinating or you're you're winning on scenario. But either way, you're not destroying a whole heck of a lot of the opponent's army. You're taking away key pieces so you can score those zones or you play creating a place for your caster to assassinate, right? So even though I was three and one, I was eighth place because I just didn't have any points gathered anywhere, 
right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm not complaining. I, I, I went home with the uh, uh, the Trident, Ooh, right? And then, of course, everyone will see that on the table for the uh, Boker Big Base Brawl in October as something that they can win. My games, so I, around when I played Dave Pomerantz, so he and I never played each other before, even though we've known each other a while, and it was a lot of fun. We had a great game. He was playing Morgold too. Yep, and another uh, classic. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he had two units of uh, uh, the big. Um, I should know what they're called, right? Brigands. The brigands. Two units of brigands. But he had the solo, so they had yeah, Pain-Giver Taskmaster. Pain-Giver Taskmaster that made them no knockdown tough. Right. And then this one turn, he had all of his brigands there in front of his caster. I'm like, great. I'm just going to remove all these guys. One guy, the one guy I needed to die four. <laughs> times toughed and wasn't knocked down and then i charged azazello anyway because i'm thinking i'm just gonna you know find a little little corner in the space and uh you know because i got wind rush and i'll i'll just attack him uh you know in that little hole but then i discovered that you know something interesting interesting fact azazello only has one inch of reach and not two mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know what happens when you charge your caster in thinking that you've got two inches of reach instead of one you lose the game is, is, is the way that one ends. So uh, I had feeded, and it actually took him a, a lot of work to kill did my you, kill my kill. My so caster. you feeded, yeah, went in, yeah. Azello did his attacks where he could, but yeah. couldn't really couldn't get to the caster. Couldn't, couldn't get to the caster. Did you have fury? Did I what? Have any fury left? Yeah. And you died. Yes, eventually. Because here's what on happened. your feet turn. Yes, as in like yep. eighteen defense with repost. Twenty. Tell me you forgot. No, uh, no, 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 one inch reach. No, it's only it. well, number one. It's only one inch reach, and number two, you can only repost in your front arc. So let's just pretend the siege animatrix okay. walks away from where it was engaged in combat, and all of my models that were engaging it were blind. I leave it on two boxes. It walks up behind me, swipes it with his tail with a boosted attack because I've damaged it, and it knocks me down. I had two tries to do that. Once I'm knocked down, so. It's over. Mm-hmm. So then I had... So I guess, what do you roll, a 12 or a 14? Are you defense 18 or 20? Uh, it would have been a 20 that turn. Yeah. But then probably blind. So down blind down to 16. And then, and then in, in the, the back. back. So you're, yeah, you're, you're hitting... You're, you need so to roll an 8. 14, yeah. Yeah, 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 you need to roll an 8. It's not you, Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, any, that, that's how... it's be quite effective. That's blind right. Is pretty good. <laughs> blind, blind is pretty good. Pretty good. Are you here first, folks? You know, and he told me later, he's like, you know, I know you didn't feel that way, but you had me on the ropes, right? Because if I can't kill him, if I can't right. roll, the, if you kill the Siege out of Mantrax, you're just, you know, chopping, you're, you're chopping through my unit and killing Morgul next turn. So then I had two other great games, great opponents, played Jimmy, uh, it was a lot of fun, and then uh, I played a guy named Matt. So I won that game, but it turned out that I cheated. Uh, you know, Savage. confessing yeah. on the podcast. Savage. Yeah. yeah. The, turn, judge. Turn, the judge. Turn, the judge cheats. Yeah. Turn, just because I'm a judge doesn't mean I know the rules. It's not how to apply This is why you put on every widget that we give away cheat to win. Yeah. Well, <laughs> continue. That, that, that is the tagline for the game club. It is, it's yes. an old joke, but it still applies because I cheated. Uh, so what he did, what he had done is he had moved a, uh, model within human resolve in front of his caster. And I was all set up to, uh, to charge right in and kill the caster. So we were looking at the timing of how everything worked, and I said, wait a second, does this make sense? If I do this and this and this, and I knock that model down, it's down there uh, with one box, well, then I walk up uh, somewhat, walk up one of the slaughterhousers, and it's got um, takedown. Take that should remove the model, because, yeah, I guess that works. That doesn't work. That you, you can't, I can only remove it, only if I grievous wounded. Because if I grievous wounded, it can't heal back one point. So, okay, so if, right? he, it's, way, it's, if he fails his tough roll, he is RFP. If he... 
That's but, what but, does. but it's the timing. It's the, it's disable yeah. box destroy. With the, right. with the in, with inhuman <laughs> resolve, it's it's different because I think you don't even. In like, human resolve, I thought it was just plus two armor and you can't no, do it. No, 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 no. That's, no. that's something else. That's viable the one that... that um, oh, that's a viable resolve. Yeah. yeah, in human resolve, that's the same rule that uh, that, that Kator Solo has, the, the the female model that's the... Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Iron yeah. The Iron Fang. Yeah, the Iron Fang. Yeah. It, that's really a Menoth rule. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so when they first. when they die, they just lay down. Right. Yeah. They become knocked down. If they don't get a point back by the end of the turn, then they're removed, yeah. 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 So, so that's that's the hard part about it is killing them last. Yeah, yeah you, have you have to kill, to kill them, them last because what happens is they don't become boxed. Yeah. You know. So right, they go to disabled. They go to disabled. They, they go to disabled and they don't have any. They don't have any hit points at that point either. Like they're at zero. They don't heal right. until the next turn. So like grievous wounds no, no, also no. doesn't do anything. No, it does. Well, I mean, it, it stops them from healing. No, no, but it, it does because they get the it, they get a damage point back. Yes. So. That's where the so if you grievously wound them, they can't get that damage point back. Then they're at zero and they're done. Well, they would still die at the end of the turn. No, but no. they die before then because um, doesn't it say that? All right, so I think I think it's a transition it into the yeah, corner gonna, right I think now. We're going to transition into the judge's corner and we're going to do a real live. All right, so look, uh, here, all right, so here's when okay, this so model is disabled. Wait, wait, wait before you before you do that, Seth. Okay, so here's here's so Seth, myself, Steve Rabideau, Steve King, we've all been judges and. Multiple tournaments. Seth, I would say, maybe the most, except Probably. Steve King has been doing it for a long time. So he may have me on longevity. Seth, yeah. Seth has done definitely much larger events than I've done. Right. So, 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 Seth, what's like step one? You walk up to the table. Like, what's what's step one of the judging process? Someone calls judge to tell them to pause their clock. Right. Right. Walk over. What's the problem? What's the issue? Because right. the role of the judge is not to know all of the rules or have them memorized. And you know, Mr. King, you jump in here if you think you've got a different philosophy or whatever. We'll play, we'll play the game. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Apparently, uh, that's come up. Yeah, we can talk about that in a second. So, you know, it, it's not to it's not to be right all the time. It's to help the players reach resolution. And I essentially did at that game what I would do if I walked up to the table. I said, "Let's read the rules, right? Let's read the right. rules." Step one: read the whole rule. Yeah, yep. and then and then you know work out the timing and whatever. And because I was there playing, when I'm there playing, I'm not really in judge mode. I'm in Seth mode. I'm playing the game. Right, so I made a mistake into the disabled box destroyed process, and that's one of the, the best things about War Machine is that the the timing index is is so many steps. It's very specific. There's a lot of strange interactions in this game, but there is if you you know look carefully, there is always an answer. Yes, you know there there mm-hmm. there's nine steps to killing a model, and you know in the game it takes three seconds, but you go through all those steps on the way to the process, and you know all the timings do you know work out. Yeah, I will say, as a side note, I do think that the disabled box destroyed of, like, when a model, like, you check its last hitbox, it becomes disabled. And then if nothing else happens, it moves to boss. And then if nothing else happens, it moves to destroyed. Right. Is, like, the most brilliant design. Yeah. Because yeah. there are so many rules where it's like, okay, this happens upon, quote-unquote, death. death. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what does that actually mean? When did it actually like, die? When did it actually happen? Like, these rules, first, when do they trigger? Who goes first? It's all answered by disabled Box destroyed. What's the name of that model? Does anyone know the Menoth model that has inhuman? There's result? two. There's the Exemplar Warder, and then the Exemplar. It was the Warder. Uh, yeah, the it's one with the Seneschal. Yeah, the it's Exemplar it's Knights Exemplar Seneschal. Yeah, he's the original. But then so, it's, so it says when so this model it, when this model is disabled, it becomes knocked down instead of becoming boxed, and its activation immediately ends. While this model is disabled, it cannot activate. If this model is disabled at the beginning of your maintenance phase, it is destroyed. I'm missing the key point here. So there's no so 
the healing is a is a, the first sentence of the rule, which you skipped, which I is skipped. interesting because you gotta read the whole <laughs> rule. Set. Yes, when a living friendly faction model in this model's command range is destroyed by an enemy attack, after the attack is resolved, this model can remove one damage point. So the thing here is that when other models around it are killed, it heals. Just all the time. Right. But the the more interesting thing is when it itself is disabled for the first time, it does not get boxed. It just falls down and stays there. You're correct. It actually yeah. never goes yeah. to box. It literally yeah. exactly. if you it does not go to box. Let's disabled. assume it's the last model that I bring to zero health. And so it falls down and it gets disabled. Then on the following, I believe it's control or maintenance phase. Maintenance phase. It's if it has no life, it goes straight to destroyed. It actually can never be boxed. Yeah, and you know what? You're right. So uh, I'm not. Uh, you're, I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not even correct yeah. about grievous wounds. Right. right. I'm not even so, correct about grievous. So now so grievous, grievous prevented from healing right. the wounds after the fact. So that means it's guaranteed to be destroyed in its opponent's next main. So grievous wounds is a good tool against it because yeah. that means it's not coming back to haunt you another turn. Right. But, it's but still, it still stays on the table exactly. still contest, until your next main. It's, 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 it's one of the, it's yeah. one of the best contesting models in the game. By yeah. virtue of like, unless you can RFP it, which there are things that RFP like on hit. So yeah. like like consume is a yeah. rule that RFPs small base models uh, on hit. So like that would just get Hyperion's rid of it. gun. Hyperion's right. gun. I believe that the the snake. A couple of the snakes Anything with swamp troll, I think, has crit consumed. Anything like with that. drag below. Drag right. below. Yes, that's, that's as long models. as uh, drag below might trigger a disabled or something. You have to kill them. Yeah. All right. So. And, and it's funny because well, it's, it's undisabled. That's fine. That's true. That's true. If it's on right. if it's on box, then then yeah. no. But, but this brings up an interesting point, right? This is um, all right. So the rule is wrong. I, I I shouldn't have won that game. But the whole you know the whole tournament is over. I mean, I didn't want to sit there and, and list out the different ways I could have played the turn differently and won the game anyway. You know, of course I apologized, and and he was Matt was totally cool about it. But look, when you're judging, these things happen, right? So let's pretend I was a judge and I just I I got it wrong. It's a complicated rule. Right? It really is. As a matter of fact, I remember when this model first came out, I volunteered to judge at the Southern Ontario Open. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was first trying to get my judging chops down. And uh, someone called me over for that rule. There was another player there who who I knew knew that rule inside and out. And a question came up about that rule. So I said, all right. I paused that other guy's clock and said, you know, work us through this rule. And he did. But... You know, again, that, that's a sophomore judge mistake. You get, you have to be the one to make the call. You can't let right. players run your events, right? You have right. to make your calls. And sometimes you're going to be wrong. Yep. And, and you know, because, you know, and Steve, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong here, yes. but um, one of the other goals of the judge is you've got to keep the, the game moving. Correct, yes. That's absolutely the, the whole point of the judge is to make sure everybody ends within the round time, you know, mm-hmm. so you can keep the whole tournament moving. Right. Nobody wants to be there till 9 o'clock at night. Because you're looking for errata that somebody claims they saw online some right, once, right? You know, right? We're not doing that. I mean, I, I'd like to say I'm. I can certainly say by this point, I, I don't make those types of mistakes often anymore when I'm judging. When I'm playing, I make them all the time. Knowing the rules when you're playing versus knowing the rules when you're judging, right, are completely different. Absolutely, it's like the third party difference. Yeah, the third party distance yeah. makes a huge difference. Well, you're also not emotionally invested, right? right? My goal when I'm walking over as a judge is to keep the game moving and to make sure everyone's you know following rules and you know having a good time as well. When I'm playing the game, I want to win the game, <laughs> right? I am. <laughs> I, I am. I am a brilliant, brilliant player. When I'm watching two other people play. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> when I'm sitting on one of the sides of the table. It's very easy to watch people and say, oh, that's a mistake. Oh, that's a mistake. When you're playing that game, 
and you know you're in the heat of the moment, your dice aren't going well, or you know something you know out of turn, a counter charge happens which you forgot about, and it throws your plan out of whack. Yeah, you have to make a lot of decisions yeah. on the fly, yeah. and it's very easy to get flustered. And that is kind of you don't have that when you're watching a game, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you want to hear something funny? I was at Captain Con, where I'm just a floor judge, by the way. The person playing was was live streaming their game. Well, I get a text from John Klein. If you don't know John Klein, uh, he's a he, he's an NJSOB, he's a, a Jersey player. He's the guy who maintains the tabletop simulator database for War Machine and Hordes. Hmm. So like before War Table, if you ever played on Tabletop Simulator, you have to thank yeah. John Klein because uh, he's the one who kept all the rules relevant. And he texts me and he's like, this game, this 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 feat is being completely done incorrectly. And I'm like, all right, John, I really appreciate you reaching out, but I can't, you can't judge the game through me via a stream. And I walked over to the table and I said, so, pause your clock, tell me about your feat. And then they started explaining it and I said, is that what it says on the card? And they look back at their card and was like, "Oh crap! I just did the whole feat wrong." And and and, and this is like a this was basically like a Mark Two remembering Mark Two to Mark Three yeah, kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, and it was a situation which, where the player hadn't played that caster in, in, in a billion years. It wasn't the uh, it wasn't Masters. It was a, a team event. I don't even think that their game mattered at that point for their team. So I mean, it was resolved super friendly, and it was all good. But, you know, like, talk about, you know, observing someone else's game from right. afar. You know, get this random text. Hey, Seth, go fix that game because they messed the whole thing up. Um, that's an interesting uh, point of judging is is when you're observing a table and not necessarily called over because sometimes you're just walking around watching games and you see something wrong happen. You know, what is your philosophy with intervention? What's yours? So, in my case, if I, if I see something that I know to be clearly wrong... I will ask them to stop and they're like, hey, just so you know, this is not how that works. But I can't fix something after the fact. Like, right. I hear a lot, this a lot, and this drives me crazy as a judge, where I hear after the game, it goes, oh, that guy couldn't have done that because of this. And I'm like, okay, well, why did you not call me over? It's like, well, you know, it sounded right at the time. And I'm like, but you didn't look it up. And, you know, I'm like, I, I have very little power to, I'm not going to flip the results of a game after you've concluded the game and shaken hands with your opponent. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, so it's very important that, you know, the judge is called, you know, if, if you have any doubt, calling a judge is not saying, hey, opponent, I don't like you. I right. Need, it, yes, it's, I, yes. Calling a judge is just like, I would like clarification on this to make sure we are doing it correctly. You know, that, that's yeah. why we're there. We're not there to create antagonisms between the players. Right, exactly. And that's something that I think is worth remembering as a as a judge is like a good a good philosophy there is yeah keeping things moving keeping things clean between the players and making sure that everybody's having a good time and then at the end of the game they're not angry at each other yes i would much yes. rather them be like a little bit annoyed at least one of the players is annoyed with me as the judge having gotten a rule call wrong than them you know having a fight between the players yeah. like to me it's much more about like the coherency of the group you know yeah. of the yeah. like we're all trying to have fun here and if i make a mistake and as a judge, I make a mistake, and you're upset with my judge call. It's like, okay, well, we can deal with that. Come talk to me afterwards. We'll, we'll figure out who was right, who was wrong. I will give you one example of a time where I did not intervene. Now, there was a scenario back in the day, this is Mark II tournament, uh, where you set um, two flags in the center table and offset from each of those flags towards each player's respective side. There was an objective contesting you know, their, their quote flag. flag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Now, two players had misread design packet, they didn't understand the shapes, and had set the objectives up in the center table and had offset flags. Oh. <laughs> and, 
And turn about, I walked over past this game. About turn three, I realized that they had done the scenario incorrectly. But the models were there. They had models on the flags. They had sure. already destroyed one of the objectives. The game was it, what we call an irrevocable game state. I yep. could not fix what had already happened. So they played a new and unique scenario that none, nobody else was playing that day. And we just we just had to leave it alone because you know what? <laughs> I, 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 and I disagree with that. Uh, this is what I would have done because I've had okay. this happen before. I strongly believe that everybody has to be playing the same game, right? You can't be playing a special game. Everyone has to be playing the same game, the same scenario, the same uh-huh. conditions, right? Okay. This is the same philosophy when we're talking about clocks, but we're not talking about clocks today. So they, as the players, messed that up themselves, yes. right? You didn't set that table no, up for them, no, right? No, okay, so the players messed that up for themselves. Guys, you're not playing the same game the rest of us are. I now have to reset this scenario. Uh, so you're playing the same game everybody else is, and I'm sorry if your models are all all out of whack. But, you know, you, you don't know... Uh, everyone's not playing the same game anymore. You can't do that. But how do you, how, you, how can't do, you do, do that, Seth? Because no, you if, if one of the objectives has been destroyed already, because all the models... Like, I walked to the exact distance I needed to shoot that objective. Mm-hmm. And now, that objective is now back here. And the, and the model I had in the flag is now... Has to be relocated because there's an objective that's now larger than the model that's touching the flag, and I have to use the model release disturbance to move the model. Yeah, I mean, you're going to come up to a game, we'll say on turn two, turn three, and you'll be like, oh, by the way, I have to swap the flags and objectives around. Yeah, or, because or like you messed left, it up. No, you, you, know, let, you let them play I, it. That's the, a, the left and right. That's of, it's of, a very, uh, it's a very synergy, rough call. Is that what it's called? Yeah. These days, what that that? Uh, or no? Um, um, oh, you mean uh, split decision? Split decision. Like okay, but we're not talking about we're not talking, but we're not talking about a symmetrical flop. We're talking about a change of the scenario the way it was designed. Okay. That's like putting an ex- accidentally putting an extra flag in a scenario and then one side being able to score because they happen to take more solos than you did and you have models to contest it. I think, I, I understand that hardline, you're correct. But they're both mm. playing the same game. At least both players are. Sure, they're not playing the same game as the rest of the field, which I know is your main point. But they're at least playing an even game as mm. far as that's how they started. They move their models in accordance to what they believe the flags and objectives were or where they are. I think you got to let that one go. All right. It's, 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 a, it's a tough decision, but I think it, the reason I made the call the way I did was in the interest of moving the tournament along, I, right. I, I could not have yes. them play an extra hour yes. to reset and, their entire and, game. And, that, and that was my, that's the last point that I'm going to make because we are five minutes over here in our inaugural podcast. Here's the last point I'm going to make because also the responsibility of the, of the judge is you know to, to keep the game moving, to make a decision, to keep the tournament mm-hmm. going. And whatever that judge decides is going to be legal and true. All right. So we are at 35 minutes to wrap this up here for our very first podcast. Do we? Yes, we do. So um, if you would like to reach out to us, we are using the Boker Brawl website as our base of operations. So questions at thebokerbrawl.com, and that's a great place to reach us. If you want to come and play games with the NJSOBs, we are here at Maplewood Hobbies in Maplewood, New Jersey. We're here on Sundays. One o'clock is always the best way to do it. So I'd like to thank our very special guest, Steve King. Thanks for having me. And then I'd like to thank our... Our hosts joining us today for our Norgo podcast. Thank you very much, Mr. Rabideau. And thank you very much there, Mr. Continelli. And remember, if you're not playing a game, then you are not having fun. <laughs>